Okay, welcome to Focus Schools podcast, Leading for Impact. My name is Brett Bishop, and I am uh, privileged to be working with Focus Schools for quite some time and, and very excited about today's topic because I think it's one of those things that can really help schools. And I'm joined here today by my good friend, Kathy Crum. How are you, Kath? I'm great, Brett. I'm excited to see us both with sun in the background. And as we um, start to see longer days, I'm really happy about that. And I'm I'm excited today because we're going to center our conversation in Focus Framework 7, which is my favorite of the seven Focus Frameworks. Not supposed to have a favorite when you have seven kids, but I have one. And um, this Focus Framework really is centered around the idea of an internal accountability system. And the internal accountability system, to me, the key word is internal, because it's if we say we're a good school, then what do we mean by that? How do we measure ourselves? How do we decide that we're going to measure whether we're doing well? And so I'm really um, excited about the Focus Framework 7 work that we're going to talk about today, and specifically around this idea of using a tool that we've called the Good News, Important News, Bold Next Steps tool, which has had several names. We've That middle news we've called urgent news before, some districts call it important news, some call it an opportunity. But suffice to say, this tool has helped us in a lot of ways, and I'm excited to talk about it a little bit today. So Kathy, I wondered if you might lead us off just talking about uh, starting with central services or central office, how have you seen that being used? Yeah, so I'm working with in Springfield Public Schools in Springfield, Illinois, and right now we're doing some work around developing a theory of action and then working with different groups to form their their PLCs. The first group that I uh, that started to really use this is the group of directors, and they're the people that go into the schools and have they basically supervise and coach the principals. When we introduced this tool, basically they really sort of took it and said, okay, how can we make this into sort of a note taker for both of us. So for instance, if you think about the columns saying good news, and then in Springfield, they use the word opportunities. That's what they chose for this. And then bold next steps, and then just draw a line down the middle. And on one side, the supervisor writes down what he or she sees. And on the other side, the principal does. So that's, you know, it's been a note taker. And what we found is that starting with the good news is really a shift because you know, we're so deficit oriented in, in schooling and stuff. And so just to even think, okay, now we're just going to look for the good news. And we're going to actually write some of those things down. And then um, what we found is we've used this is that the good news portion gets really full. And then the opportunities sort of naturally flow from there. And then usually by the time they get down to the next steps, they really only have a few. That's really good. And I even want them to get like, okay, just do just pick one really, really great important one. So so that's what we've seen. Another way that we've used it is with looking at data. And literally, you take a piece of data and you just kind of really go through the protocol. And um, again, lots of good news, and which would be more like what we used to call the red flag data, where just the facts, just the facts, ma'am. And so, but pieces of good news inside that. And of course, there are always opportunities. And then what's a bold next step? And so I think those would be the two main ways. And then I've also had... Um, 
I've also been asked to come and coach and process observant meetings. And I just use that tool for that as well. And it's just become really familiar for everyone and at the ready and, you know, not a big complicated thing, but it leads us, it leads us to where we want to go, starting and with I, the positives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to go back to something that you said that I think is really my experience of using this, this tool in a bunch of different ways. One, certainly looking at data. I think one of the biggest challenges that are, or, or most consistent challenges that we see we run into is is resisting the temptation as we're going through and as you said you know just the facts resisting the temptation of trying to explain or trying to rationalize what we're what we're noticing and what we're seeing as we're building those lists and i think that's really important i would say for anybody who is using this to sort of commit yourself ahead of time to say we're going to notice some things and we're going to put them on a list and we are not going to try to explain them. We are not right. going to rationalize them. We're just going to say what we notice. And I think it comes with, you know, people who've been working in schools, as you say, we're deficit based and we always are trying to do the best for kids. So we want to sort of explain away why something didn't go well, but it actually sets you back. I think if you do that, so I think it's best to shut that voice off in your head for a minute while you're doing this to get the most out of it. The other thing I totally agree. um, And sometimes if you, if you're turning this loose, I'd say with it, with a team, I would almost say if you're a principal and you're listening to this and you say, Hey, try this tool with your grade level team or your department or whatever, maybe someone is the process observer and make sure that, or the, you know, the facilitator and make sure that we don't go there of explaining things. So that would be one thing I would say. And then the second thing is this, I have found in working with the cabinet, a lot of times people on the cabinet don't necessarily, all the people don't look at the data like the people people in teaching and learning do. So this is a pretty easy tool to teach people how to look at data and how to, how to do just the facts. So that's been something that's really good as well, is that the person who, um, you know, is in charge of making sure all the transportation goes well or whatever, doesn't necessarily look at map data, but they can, oh, okay, once, once the data is explained to them, they can figure out, oh, okay, well, this is a fact I see from here and just gives them some agency see, I think inside of it. And then, well, then wait a minute. I think there's some, there is some data around transportation and we could use this. Our team could use this, you know? So, so because it's so simple and pure, it just really can be transferred to all sorts of situations and people can feel competent with it. So, yeah, I I think um, in terms of, you know, uh, on the plus side of using this kind of tool, the simplicity you referenced is really powerful. Uh, sometimes I think we, when we start looking at data, we think we all have to go get a, a doctorate in stats, which is a <laughs> huge mistake. It's like, then people are going right. to hate it, not going to want to do it, they're going to fear around it. This is very simple, and we can make comparative statements. For example, I noticed that the students in the red in the third grade in reading comprehension dropped by 15% from first yeah. iteration to second iteration. It's just a noticing, yeah. it's good news, That that's the kind of thing that virtually anyone could do. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be a reading teacher. And the other thing that I think when you made the reference to having someone looking at the data, say it's a parent, say it's a, you know, as you said, transportation supervisor, somebody who isn't in the daily instruction, they can look at that and they can see those things. And, and I think it's powerful when you have someone who is on the outside 
follow the instruction, do it. Because when, right. when those of us who are in the weeds are looking at it, we're so in the weeds that we, you know, have 50 explanations that we see it differently. It's a different lens. So it's really right. powerful. Brett, you had talked um, one time when you and I were visiting about this, you had said something that taught me about thinking about the bold next steps and um, how to, how to frame that as you're going into this with teams. So I, I really learned from what you said. Can you, can you tell us more about what you, how you frame that when you're teaching yeah. this? Yep. I, I actually think I framed it as I have an obsession that I need some help with. Um, but I do think about this a lot because I, you know, haven't in my career looked at a lot of these and led a lot of these protocols. And I think that the interesting thing for me in, is the word bold and bold next steps, because I wonder if taking some time to identify before we do that, what we really mean by and what do we mean by bold next steps? Because a very common error that I've run into, in my opinion, is doing what I would refer to as vague next steps. So in not being bold, being vague, and in that, they do not directly impact the reason we're looking at the data. So for example, if we're looking at reading, reading comprehension data in elementary school, or we're looking at the most recent math results at a middle school, or one of the things we want to say is that we're going to have, when we leave here, we're going to have some bold next steps that are going to make this data better the next time. Mm. So if we write next steps that are sort of vague, and we can't predict, if we look at them, that even if they happened, we would get improvement, then they're probably not good next steps and we need to eliminate them. I think you had mentioned when we were talking about this is it's a good idea to not have a lot of bold next steps. I right. have very few, but to me, it's that idea of going deep to get better, you know, not wide. So fewer steps, but really powerful ones. And one of the rules of thumb that I've heard schools use that I think is a good one is to say, you know, when we look at this data, if it's learning data, then we're, we're going to make sure that at least one of our next steps is targeted at core instruction. And another rule of thumb is to say, if a teacher wasn't in this meeting and they weren't here and they read the bold next step, would they know what they have to do? And so Mm -hmm. to me, if the answers to those two things are yes, one, it's in core instruction and two, person who wasn't in the meeting could look at that and go, oh, wow. I, I know what that means. I know what that means for me. Then it's a good bowl next step. That's really good. That's really, really super helpful. I was wondering too, um, I could see this. I'm not a principal anymore. I'm working with principals and people who work with principals, but I was thinking in terms of a feedback tool where you generate feedback as opposed to giving feedback or a combination thereof. So for instance, if you observe a teacher, if a principal observes a teacher and then they have this conversation framed around good news, urgent news, opportunity or whatever important news and then bold next steps. Have you seen it used that way or? Yeah, I have. And I think um, there's, to me, some version of that oftentimes built into feedback models. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. people say, you know, observations and wonderings or noticing and and wonderings or something like that. But what I like about this model is the connection that runs through, because in, in, in my estimation, every single school I've ever been in, whether it was I was working as principal teacher or supporting, in every data I've, we've ever, I've ever looked at, there is good news. And I can tell you that when I was principal and my school was on every year in trouble list, I, I was so fearful of data because I thought, oh my God, the news is going to always be, always be bad. Because that was the first thing I'd always see until this tool came along and helped mm-hmm. me to realize, no, you got to just you got to look through a different prism. And it's so important to do that. And I think as you're mentioning, when you're working with people and giving them feedback on their work, that to me, that's just as important there. As to, there's, there's good news. And every right. time you go in and see instruction, there is good news there. And I, I can remember one of the most sobering moments of my career as a principal was when my coach, I asked for some help 
in giving support to uh, a really struggling teacher who I was really frustrated with because we'd done a lot of work around best practices and, and they were really taking root around the building and I could not find a way to get this to take root in this teacher's classroom. So I asked my coach to come with me and we'll go watch some instruction and then we'll practice some feedback afterwards. And when we left, I was expecting, I had in my mind all kinds of questions that I thought he was going to ask that were related to her performance. And he asked me a question that was sobering to me and I'll never forget it. We walked out. He said, when's the last time she's heard from you something that went well in her classroom? First of all, it wasn't about her work at all. It was about right. mine. Right. But secondly, it was pointing this out. And yeah. the answer to his question was never. So what he was, I think he very skillfully did point it out to me is that, you know, the best thing you can do is learn to get better at what you're doing to help her. So I've never forgotten that, but I think it goes to your point where this is a really important way to sort of conduct yourself when you are working with people on improving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it's a conversation. So what do you think went well, right? Yes. What's your yes. good news about the lesson that we just saw? Okay. And then what's, what's an important news or what's a, what's a opportunity that you might have. And then the teacher or the principal or whomever you're working with, they, they, choose their own right mm -hmm. and they're they're more likely to actually follow through on these things this this bold next step that they choose so yeah, yeah. it positions it also positions i think you know the the team if they're looking at data or uh you know an observer who's working with a teacher or principal and providing feedback it positions you as a partner and right. in a way a shoulder to shoulder looking right. at something rather than one on high one down low mm -hmm. and i love any time that we can do that i think it's it's it increases the likelihood of coming out with improvement steps that are going to come to fidelity yes. if that's our goal yeah yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, to me, it's a, it's a really powerful um, way of looking at data. And I encourage those who are listening to, um, to feel comfortable in moving forward with it. And again, the simplicity of it is, is a virtue because it allows lots of participation and opens the discussion in a way that is more about the content rather than about the tool, you know, so hmm. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, so um, I'm excited about the work that we're, we're talking about here because I think it's applicable in every school and school district across the country. And I'm very grateful for those who have taken the time to listen to our podcast and would encourage you all to continue to do so as we're making lots of podcasts and getting to talk to lots of people doing the same work that you're doing. And also, you can, if you would like to engage with us in other ways, please go to our website, which is www.focusschools.com, where you can see our social media. And on our social media pages, please like and follow because we try to share work that we are seeing in lots of places around the country doing the work that you're doing. And we know how hard your jobs are. And it's sometimes it's so helpful just to see how somebody else is doing it. And again, um, these podcasts are here for you to use and enjoy. And we hope that you will find them helpful in improving the work that you do. Um, you are all the heroes in the lives of kids. And we want to make sure that we're supporting you in ways that help you to make those kids get where they need to be. So Thanks for listening, and uh, we look forward to hearing and uh, having you join us again.